You are listening to Here Now Podcast, where we dive deep into faith, hearing loss, and lifestyle, and talk about all the things that you need to be equipped in this journey we call life. I'm your host, Sophia Labano, and this show is here for you to find encouragement in everyday life that God created for you. Make sure to subscribe to never miss an episode. Thanks for your support. Now let's get into the show. I already pressed record, so this is going in the episode, too. <laughs> it's like practically lunchtime, and I'm eating popcorn. <laughs> All right, well, hello, you guys. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Here Now Podcast. If you heard that intro, yes, that is Meg. <laughs> hello, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for eating popcorn on the show. I'm so happy to have her on and to just chat about everything. We've been catching up for the past 20 minutes anyway. So why don't we just jump right in? Why don't you introduce yourself to everybody about you? Hey guys, I am Megan Wells, or Meg, pretty much known as <laughs> Meg or Megs across Instagram. And my dog just came in the room. So if you heard a bang, that was the door. Um, <laughs> I am a mom of one little girl who's almost two months, I'm a military wife, I'm a traveling wedding and couple photographer, freelance designer, podcast starter, social media content creator, <laughs> just jack of all trades in the creative side of things. And we currently reside in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So you're from New Mexico, content creator, all that stuff. When did you start kind of putting yourself out there on the internet and sharing all the things? Good question. When I was in college, I was a college athlete. And that's kind of how you like built any sort of following in college. If you were a college athlete, all the athletes follow each other. And then all of a sudden you have a couple thousand followers and it's like, okay, cool. This is how we (laughs) become friends with the other athletes and like, yeah know what parties to go to and whatever and so that's how the growth first started but every single time I've had Instagram since high school and every time I posted it was always about whatever was happening in that season of life or what I thought was important to me in that season of life so you can scroll back through I have not deleted a single post since I've had Instagram (laughs) which is insane but you can scroll back through and you'll see photos of like me going out with girlfriends or me wearing like a crop top or whatever during college Because in that season of life, I was like, yeah, this is my priority. This is what's important to me, whatever. But then after a bad breakup and a bad relationship, that kind of shifted. And then you started to see everything on Instagram kind of shift in regards to where my head was at, where my heart was at, and what was now a priority in my life, which was my relationship with Christ. Not that it never was, but there were times when it definitely wasn't like in the forefront. And so... Once I started doing that and very outspokenly sharing my opinions and beliefs and my Catholic faith, that's when I found this corner of the Instagram world that was like, oh my gosh, yes, we're Catholic too. Like we have the same beliefs and opinions as you too. Like, this is awesome. I love that you're talking so much about it. And it was like, whoa, what really? And of course that comes with like a ton of hate too, because you're really putting yourself out there. But once I started doing that, that's when I met people in real life, other Catholic women in real life. We started collaborating with Catholic businesses and the whole world of Instagram and like what I was able to do with it and all the opportunities that could come with it really opened up the minute I was really vulnerable about everything I'm passionate about in my life. 
which is kind of insane to think about. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. I see that with even my own blog. Like the more you're vulnerable about everything, the more people are like, wow, like mm -hmm. this is like, it's real life for a lot of people. Right. And it's not, it's not somebody else's highlight reel. Like it's just real life. And from following you for so long, I was like, wow, like she's actually really real. <laughs> Sharing all the ups and downs of everything. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to ask about what was it like, you know, being in college as an athlete and kind of balancing that with everything else, faith, school, otherwise. Yeah. When I first started freshman year, I was always a strong Catholic. I never missed a Sunday of mass. I would go to confession once a month at least. That now sounds like, but <laughs> at the time I was like, yeah, I'm meeting all the requirements to be a Catholic. But at the beginning of college, it was a lot to tackle. It was like school and soccer and that was it. And it was really hard to figure out how to fit friends in there, how to fit faith in there, how to fit other hobbies or photography or anything like that because I was like, okay, School is my number one student athlete, but the athlete part, being a division one athlete was like all consuming. It was like you had a full-time job. You wake up at six, you go to bed at 11, you wake up the next day at six, you go to bed at 11, <laughs> and it's like you have to meet all of these things every single day. You have to show up every single day. And so at first it was a lot because it was like, oh my gosh, never in my life has my life been so consumed mm -hmm. by sports and school. But then sophomore and junior year, I learned how to balance it better. Still wasn't figuring out how to intertwine my faith in it more because I wasn't going to a Catholic school. And the Catholic group on campus, because there was one, and there were our focus missionaries at Troy University, the college I went to. But the group just seemed very regular students and sororities and fraternities. There were, it didn't seem like there were any other athletes, and I felt very out of my element. I almost felt judged a couple of times, which I'm sure was in my own head. It wasn't even <laughs> a real thing happening, I'm sure. But I just felt like it wasn't my group, even though they were all Catholic, which right. should have been enough for them to be my group, you know? Mm -hmm. But I don't think I was passionate enough about my faith yet and strong enough in my faith yet to be like, yeah, that's my identity. Because at the time, mm -hmm. my identity was soccer. And right. no one else shared that with me. Sports. Yeah. No one else shared that with me. So I was like, no, these are not my people. <laughs> Come senior year, junior year, senior year, I started soccer just became so taxing. And there was always so much drama as there is when you put any group of 30 girls together yes. fighting for <laughs> playing time. Like, of course, there's drama. There was drama. There was always, I was just tired all the time. There was like, politics involved of course with coaches and everything like that and it just became something that didn't necessarily give me life anymore mm -hmm. and so then I started looking elsewhere for it and every single time I was brought back to the church I was brought right. back to my faith and so then that's when I started to pour into that aspect of my life a little bit more and became that slowly became my identity where I was able to turn and go to the focus missionaries and say yeah let's start a let's start a student athlete Catholic Bible study mm -hmm. or yeah invite me to things and all of a sudden I was able to balance school soccer faith and everything because I had them in the right priorities Absolutely. and my identity wasn't grounded in just one of them so that's kind of how gosh <laughs> soccer and college and yeah, <laughs> faith yeah. <and> <laughs> No, I mean, it's it's funny because you see a lot of people kind of just have their priorities wrong. Like you seem like you're there for either sports or right. school and not even putting their faith first, which I definitely applaud you, I guess, on realizing that after a while. Do you wish you realized it earlier 
on in college or was it like kind of a transformative time of your life anyway to realize it later on? Part of the reason I think I don't, or I don't think I realized it soon enough was because I didn't go to a Catholic college, but I'm also very glad I didn't go to a Catholic college because I was raised very traditional Catholic, conservative, homeschooled, like to the point where there were times as a kid or more so as a teenager where I felt like maybe the Bible was being shoved down my throat. And so I was like, no, 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 I'm going to go to college and I want to be able to choose my faith and, to, and not feel like it's just being preached to me all the time. Right. Um, so I think it was good that I didn't learn it right away. I think, look, I can look back at those four years of college and go, holy cow, yeah, growth is, growth is possible. <laughs> and God has a plan as long as like others are praying for me and I'm not totally cutting off my relationship with him. Like even if at times I was just going to church on Sundays and confession monthly and I was still going to parties or I was still maybe swearing too much when I was working out or something, <laughs> as long as I wasn't totally cutting off that relationship yeah. with him, then he would still have the ability to pull me back in and bring me back on the path and get me to where I am today. Yeah. So I think it was good that it happened how it did. No, absolutely. I would, I would agree for sure. And like you said, it wasn't shoved down your throat and it was kind of your own decision to kind of seek out this relationship. Right. And so I think God wants nothing more from us than to do that for ourselves anyway. So I think that's super inspiring. So what would you right. say to somebody who is either in a Catholic or non-Catholic college who is looking to kind of secure themselves in their faith? What is your number one, I guess, piece of advice you would give to them in looking for that identity? Yeah, go on dates with Christ. I know that sounds really weird, but in college, especially if you're female, most of the time you're looking for a hubby anyways. So <laughs> you can romanticize this a little bit and make it something you really look forward to. And it becomes a part of like your weekly routine. So what I would do is I would hit up like McDonald's or something. I think we only had like a McDonald's in our college town. But I would go to McDonald's, I'd grab a hot chocolate, I'd take my journal, and then I'd go to our church. Our church was always open. And I would just grab my journal, grab my hot chocolate, and I would go and sit, sit there. And I'd just write if I was talking to God. Or I'd write as if it was a letter to God. And I would just sit there and sit and sit in silence. And it was so nice. Sometimes I would cry, because, you know, college does that to you. Um, <laughs> And trashy relationships do that to you. So sometimes you just sit there and cry. But that's fine too because then every single time you look up and you just see the tabernacle and you know that you're not alone. Like you know that he is literally present with you. And he like, it. I don't know, it's just such an intimate time with him. It's not adoration. Mm -hmm. It's not church. It's Or not mass. It's not, it's just you and him in a room talking. And yeah. it's so, oh my gosh, that was the most transformative part of my college years and of my faith in college, for sure. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was really funny. No, I she remember. Just finger. <laughs> my dog just bit my finger. <laughs> I remember, I think it was Melissa Grace was on the show a couple weeks ago. And I was asking her in like a time of singleness, she said the same thing about going on dates with Christ. And I remember texting one of my friends. She's like, I never Aww, even, I like, she's so sweet. I love her. She's like, I never even thought of doing that because it just seems like to somebody, first of all, to somebody who's not Catholic 
something like adoration or talking to Jesus, it just yeah. seems so, I guess, far away. And it doesn't even Absolutely. feel like he's actually there. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and even to Catholics yeah. too, like I feel that all the time. And it's like, wow, like he's mm-hmm. actually sitting right next to you and you guys can go out on a dinner date with, you know, just the two of you and just talk. And I right. think that's, I think that is so cool because you sent, you spend so much and I know this for a fact, you spend so much time in your single season longing for something else when there's something right there in front of you that you're right. not even paying attention to. So I think right. that's such a great piece of advice. I'm definitely going to have to start doing that too. <laughs> Um, yeah, it doesn't even have to be the church, too. There were yeah. certain nights where I would just drive because we were in freaking the boondocks of Alabama. <laughs> there was nothing around us. And so I was able to drive, <laughs> drive on, like, a country road and get to this, like, field. And the stars were always insane. And we called it, like, me and a couple of my college girlfriends, we called it heaven. And so we'd be like, hey, we're going to, I'm just going to go drive to heaven for a little bit. And so we'd go drive and we'd get there and we'd just sit under the stars with our hot chocolate or whatever you are. If you like coffee, you can have coffee um, <laughs> in your journal. Or maybe not. Maybe you just sit there and you talk out loud to God. Like, I always feel him the most under the stars, at the ocean, or looking at the tabernacle. So, yeah, uh, those are the best days ever. <laughs> that is that is so cool. I'm definitely going to have to try that. You know, because I was telling you where I live, we're in the very, like, city area. So if I want to go anywhere, I have to go pretty yeah. far. But no, that that's yeah. so, so cool. So to kind of go off that same topic, how long have you guys, you and Avery, been married at this point? We have now been married for a year and four months, <laughs> three months, something like that. <laughs> so just over a year. Nobody cross-checked me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Did you guys plan on getting married so soon after college? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Part of me was still stuck on the idea of getting my own design job wherever I wanted. I honestly thought I was going to live in a penthouse, work in New York City, work some work with some design firm, wear pea coats and high heels to work every day. And I was like, <laughs> that's what I thought my life yeah. was going to be. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm dating this great guy. I want to marry him for sure. But like, we've only been dating for like, maybe a year. Like, I, I can go do my thing and then we can figure it out later. But then as we got closer and closer to graduation, the more and more I just wanted to, one, go back to California, which is where he was anyways, two, like, be with him. I was so sick of long distance that I was like, screw this. And then by the time you get engaged, too, at least for most people, I think, by the time you get engaged, you're just like, I just want to wake up next to you every single morning. Like, I don't even care what my original plans for life were. Like, I just want (laughs) to be with you every single day. And so once we got engaged, everything kind of naturally shifted in my head. And we were like, yeah, the next logical, emotional, spiritual, like all of those things step would be marriage. Right. And so I don't think it was ever something we were like set on. I don't think I was like, I want to be married the minute I get out of college. Yeah. after I met him and got engaged and everything, I was like, yep, that's what You just knew. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just knew. How did yeah. you guys meet in the first place? We met through, so for high school, I had just moved from Germany to California. 
and then my now best friend and connection to Avery had just moved from Nevada to California. And so we were both the new girl at school in high school in California. And I introduced myself to her and her family and Avery's family grew up in Nevada together and were very, very close. And so I always was around her family, which meant I got to know Avery's family through them. Yeah. And then I went off to college or I left California, went to Alabama for senior year of high school, spent all of college there. And I stayed in touch with this girlfriend, still am really good friends with her. And every like four to six months, we would make sure one of us traveled to go see the other person. So at one point I traveled to San Diego to go hang out with her. We were going to go to Disneyland. And she's like, do you care if Avery comes with us? I was like, I don't care. That's kind of the more the merrier. And so we like reconnected in college. And after those three days of hanging out at Disneyland with him, he had texted me saying he fell for me and all this stuff. And I was like, oh gosh. Oh, so I was darling. not looking for anything. Literally was not looking for anything. Because you know how when you're looking, you like put your best foot forward. And like, yeah. you don't say certain jokes. You don't use certain weird voices. Yeah. You don't dance all awkwardly and be all stupid and goofy <laughs> you just like are so cute and you're just smiling all the time and you're making sure you're put together I wasn't doing any of that I was like <laughs> I was like goofing off I was talking in weird voices I was like yeah we're all pals this is great we're all hanging out this is so fun and he said he fell for me and I was like what the crap like I had a nice dressing in my hair during one of those days I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah that's how that's how we met, and I turned them down three times after that because I was terrified of long distance, terrified yeah. of being in the military the rest of my life, and I was also scared of the fact that he wasn't Catholic, and right. so I turned him down three times, and then a couple months later, I just like had this immense peace about it after a bunch of prayer with God and quiet time with God, and so I like took the quote unquote leap of faith and said, yeah, yeah. I'll date you, which like, what does that even mean when right. one's in Alabama and one's in California, but <laughs> <laughs> that's how we met and that's how we started dating. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so cute. I love that. I was telling you before we started recording, I was like, where can we find an Avery? Like he just seems so nice and just I like know. what everybody wants in a guy. So were you the one that kind of had a hand in his conversion to Catholicism? Yes, because I was the first person Catholic he had ever met who was actually serious about their Catholic faith. He's been on a couple of podcasts before, and he's mentioned the fact that the only Catholic that he knew growing up were the quote-unquote Catholics in high school that wore, like, rosary bracelets or, like, those saint bracelets yeah. or whatever because they were trendy. <laughs> But they'd still go out to parties or do drugs or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, so I didn't really know anything about the Catholic faith. I didn't necessarily have any misconceptions. He just didn't know anything. Right, he'd never right. been exposed to it. Um, so yes, in the sense that I like actually introduced him to it in like a very real and deep and true way. But after I said yes to dating him, I told myself I was never going to bring up the topic of conversion again mm -hmm. so I was like I want it to be 100% on his own and I want it to be 100% natural and so we would have conversations and some of them were tough some of them like we'd raise our voices a little bit at each other because <laughs> we were very convicted in our yes. like faith opinions um but then there was one Sunday or something where he said I'm I went to Catholic mass today and I was like what 
and he did it all on his own because we're long yeah. distance. He's over in California. I'm in Alabama. <laughs> I can't hold his hand and drag him into a church. And then another day he said he bought a book about Mary by Tim Staples. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> oh Mary's gosh. a big one for people converting. And then slowly but surely he was like, even if he's, he struggled the most with Mary and purgatory, I think. No, Mary yeah. and confession. Okay. Yeah. Mary and confession. Mm-hmm. And he said, even if I'm not 100% on board with them yet, I can't turn away from the faith because I do believe that when Christ said it was his body, it's actually his body. Right. And so the Eucharist is what captivated him and what he first wholeheartedly believed in. And he said, if I left the church because I wasn't 100% sold, I guess, on Mary and confession, then I would be held accountable for my belief that it's really the Eucharist, but not pursuing it. as the Eucharist solely because I don't know what my family's going to say. I don't know about confession yet, all of those things. So he did a lot of it on his own. Uh, Well, with God's help, of course, but (laughs) yeah, it was was so cool to watch. It was so beautiful. And it was such a testament too to like, God's capable of literally anything. And if you feel peace in a decision, even if it stresses you out a little bit, like freaks you out, like how the heck are we going to do long distance? How yeah. the heck is a marriage going to work with this guy if he's yes. not Catholic? Like, if you feel peace about it and you totally give it over to God, he will do miracles. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm waiting for you to use your tagline in there. What in the dang heck is happening? <laughs> that's hysterical. No, but I, I think that's so cool. And for one, like, I think my mom was on my show, like, a while ago but she is also a convert from the baptist church to catholicism and one of the things that captivated her the most was mary and the eucharist and being able to understand the true presence in the eucharist and how special that is and how it's just the core of everything we know so i think that's really special and it's just very inspiring to people once they really yeah. start to understand that in itself. That's so cool. And I think, like, for me, if, if I ever had a hand in con- helping somebody convert, like, I would feel pretty special <laughs> after a while. So yeah. <clears throat> now that you guys are kind of fostering this Catholic relationship um, in marriage and, you know, when he was kind of starting to convert did you start to have like these little traditions of going to mass together and doing all of that, you know, fun Catholic things with one another? (laughs) Yeah. So when we were long distance, he hadn't converted yet. He didn't convert until after I graduated college and moved out there and everything. Like it was the same month that we got married that he converted mainly because of military. He was deployed at a point when he was going to get converted all the kind of things like that. So when we were long distance, he was going to Catholic Mass, just not receiving the Eucharist, obviously. And every Sunday, we would try to FaceTime and talk about what we got from the homilies, what the homilies were like, because they were obviously both different. And then what we maybe took from it, or what we learned from it. And then when we were no longer long distance, now one of our favorite things to do is go out for brunch or lunch on Sunday after Mass. Right now, our current favorite is BJ's, mm. but <laughs> that's mainly just because we're in New Mexico and we know it's consistently good food and service. So. Yes. <laughs> no, for sure. Have you guys kind of found a community where 
as like a young family, you can start to foster your faith within a church with other people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was the hardest thing ever because I feel like we're in this stage where in college you have your groups, you have your din. And then I also feel like when you're like a seasoned parent, you're a lot more plugged in because you have their schools, you have their sports, you have whatever. And so you have your communities in those ways. But we're in this weird middle ground where I just graduated college, but we're in that age where like we both could have just graduated college yeah. and we have our first kid, but we also look like we're in high school still. So people are probably <laughs> like, so is that like their kid or what? <laughs> um, so for the longest time, that was the hardest thing because a lot of churches have stuff for teens. They have stuff for adult women or adult men but there's no middle ground of like young adult stuff or I feel like it's it's uncommon luckily we have met another couple who who just recently got married they're expecting their first and then through them we've met other people and we've slowly built up this group that we do weekly catechism studies with and then we built up this women's group where we do monthly rosary and brunch meetups And that just happened within the past, like, two or three months, honestly. And that has been the biggest blessing so far of living out here. Because without that community, like, you just feel so alone. And it's so hard to, like, I don't know, grow in your faith. Because you're always around your husband. You're always talking about the same stuff with your husband or whatever. And you guys can stretch each other. But not to the extent of being in a room with four other young couples. So that's been a huge gift for us here yeah absolutely and I remember you posting about it a little bit ago and I was like it's so important no matter what stage of life you're in to have that community who kind of just gets you and gets the season of life that you're going through and I think we need to all like start advocating for that because I know that there's just some areas in the country specifically that don't have that and there are people who are you know striving and looking for that which I would say the biggest blessing out of COVID is the gift of technology and connecting with people over Zoom and doing Bible studies and stuff and especially CC's whole you know find the Catholic girl and all that stuff (laughs) and just ways of connecting people over the internet which I think is the coolest thing so just to kind of ask this question who are some of the coolest people you've met from content creation and putting your life out on the internet so she would kill me if I didn't say her first Cecilia Pappas she and I met over at Instagram and then both met up in person at Seek yeah Seek conference um, in Indianapolis like two years ago and we were really just going to meet for lunch or no dinner dinner and drinks one day we were just going to meet one night and that was going to be like it but then we like super hit it off and hung out pretty much the rest of the conference and then stayed in touch since then so she's and I mean obviously now we both run a podcast together yeah and she's my child's god godmother so like obviously we're a lot closer now than we yeah. were when we first met up but definitely her Austin quick the basic catholic he is our baby girl's godfather he's been awesome to me because he played a role in our wedding being a full mass a full catholic mm-hmm. mass because i know avery was on the fence about it he was like why don't we just because you have the option to have a full mass right. or just like the wedding part and i wanted the full mass but i also right. respected avery and his family enough to say like it's okay if i have to sacrifice that 
but Austin reminded Avery that this may be the only Catholic mass your family ever witnesses. Right. And that was huge. And so after that moment, like we've been in really good touch and really good friends with him and he has connected us to so many other Catholics. I feel like I know her, but I haven't met her in person yet, but I've worked with her. We FaceTime <laughs> all the time. Mary Lenneberg is everyone's mm-hmm. favorite. Everyone's favorite. Yes. I'm trying to think. McLean from a Catholic convo. She's yes. She's a sweetheart too. And yes. every time we go to a Sikh or SLS focus conference, right. we make sure to meet up with her for a little bit. There's so many. Like I yeah. could spend the whole hour going down <laughs> the phenomenal Catholic people that I've met through Instagram, which yeah. is mind blowing. No, it's so true. It must. I don't remember who posted it. It might have been you, but how many people there were that were kind of hidden in the world of like Catholic people, and now all of a sudden you just feel like there's such a big boom of catholic bloggers and instagrammers and stuff and you're like no way like you're catholic too like it's really really so cool especially if we all not only have catholicism and catholic in common but just this idea of wanting to put our life on the internet too so that's like really really cool for sure so since you brought it up what what's going on with the podcast why don't you talk about that for a bit Okay, so we are on episode 16 is coming out this Monday. We, it's kind of mind-blowing because for like a year and a half, we had talked about it and we had sent each other screenshots every time someone said, you guys should have one together or <laughs> you should do one on your own. Every single time we would send them to each other. And it happened for a year and a half straight and we just never jumped on it, mainly because of our lives, but also because of that hesitancy of like, what are we going to talk about? What are we like, what do we have to say more than what we already say on social media? Like we're already so much on like Instagram, like <laughs> people still want to listen to us. Like that yeah. seems kind of crazy. And then also I didn't want to deal with and learn the technical side of podcasts, yeah. the whole editing and recording and everything. I was like, uh-uh, no, I do not have time for that. And I don't want to do that. But CC didn't want to have to deal with like, the social media side because she has yeah. like a million accounts that she runs already <laughs> she didn't want to deal with like the design and yeah. the podcast cover and the website and all of the branding kind of things and so that's when, when we started talking about it and sharing like hey wait you could do that and I could do this <laughs> and then we tag team it and then we both have a podcast but it's not all the way on us and we we're like let's do it <laughs> so we did it and it's been it's been insane. The like enthusiasm and conversations we've had with, like I said, again, Catholic women all yeah. over the world. Sharing, I mean, and not even, not even just Catholic women. We've had girls who aren't Catholic chime in and say like, oh my gosh, I'm learning so much from you guys. And I'm learning a different viewpoint about the Catholic faith while listening. Yeah. Like, this is insane. And we were like, that is so dope. Um, <laughs> because we don't, it's not like a Catholic specific podcast. We talk about so much more yeah than focusing on just the faith but every now and then we'll throw in a little tidbit about it yeah um, and it's enough to kind of like introduce people to it without suffocating them it. <laughs> um, it's just been really cool and we have a lot of really cool ideas of things we want to do with it and grow with it down the line um especially if we ever were to live near each other yeah there would be so much more available but it's been it's been so fun and so much 
less stressful than I think yeah. I thought it would be. But that's also probably because I have a partner in it with me. Yeah, no, <laughs> <I don't> yeah. <laughs> no, agreed. I, I love it because it's like everybody says it's just like listening to a girl's night, you know, in your ears yeah. um, every week. And, you know, you guys talk about like the funniest topics too. I just say the most recent one, I think, when you have the same taste in men as God, that one, well, that was hysterical. <laughs> And you just we had so many people yes ask us to do a part two. We were you like, need what? to. Where else do we go with this? You need to. And I I like I even sent you my story too. I was like I think people would know if it was me. But no, you need to do a part two. That's hysterical. So I will leave Meg's link to the podcast down below for you guys to check out as well. It's it's a good time for that too. But I'm trying to think what else I wanted to ask you. Oh, okay. Of course, I have to ask about little Carrie there too. What's it like for you guys now to be on this new adventure of parenthood? Yeah, so I honestly thought it was going to be a lot more like, maybe not scary, but a lot more new. And yeah. like, oh my gosh, I got to like learn all these things. And I really thought the scariest moment would be driving home from the hospital with her and getting home and realizing we're on our own and we have a small human now. What do we do? <laughs> but <laughs> but on our drive home, it just was like, yeah, we're taking our daughter home. This is our home. These are your dogs. This is where we live. And it wasn't scary or intimidating at all. And I'm not 100% sure why, because everyone else has always told us that that's like the biggest moment where you go, oh crap, what have we done? But most of parenting in general has just been like inherent. And it's just yes. like, it's stuff, especially as a woman, you just know, you know what to do. Yeah. You, you learn your baby super quick. You know what your baby needs when they need it. You learn their schedule, you get into that routine and then life goes on. Like it's, <laughs> I don't know if like, something hasn't hit me yet. She's only two months. Of course, everything's going to constantly be changing with sleep and it, and her personality and everything like that. Yeah. But I feel like women just had me so stressed out about it. And now I'm in it and I'm like, no, I need girls to know, like, you will know what to do. You can lean into that intuition like nothing else and learn the schedule and get into that routine and life keeps happening around you and you can keep shopping. You can keep going out with friends. Yeah. <laughs> you can keep doing those things. Like it's not like you're on lockdown now and everything in life sucks and you get no sleep ever. Cause I mean, you can think about it two ways. You can go, I'm getting no sleep. This sucks. Or you can say, well, this is my reality now. Someone has to wake up and feed her. I'm the one with the <laughs> boobs. Okay. <laughs> So like, I'm not, I can either fight it and it can suck or I can just say, this is my new normal. I'm still at the end of the day getting eight hours of sleep. It's just in three, three hour chunks now or four, two hour chunks now, <laughs> you know? So it's actually been super, super sweet. And it's, gosh, I want five more already. Like she's got me yeah. with having baby fever and she's two months. Like we're not trying for Irish twins here, but if it happened, then okay. <laughs> no, I swear. I get serious baby fever every time I like look on your feet and stuff. She's just the sweetest little human, as you said. But I, I love that perspective. That is so funny. Um, you're like, somebody's got to feed her. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that was so funny no but seriously like that is so so sweet so did you guys also plan on having kids so soon after you got married and again right after college too yes well it, I think it, it's the same thing as like I said where you got 
engaged and all of a sudden you're like yeah I want to be married and then we got married we were like yeah we want kids yeah because when we looked at everything we were like okay let's be responsible adults here now that we're married and let's look at everything and double check and cross check everything but financially spiritually mentally physically emotionally like everything checks off the only reason we would postpone having kids right now is for selfish reasons like oh, well, we want more money for ourselves. Or, oh, well, I don't know about that commitment yet. Or, oh, well, I want to travel a lot more with just you and I because traveling with a kid, eh, that doesn't seem so luxurious. Like, I don't want to do yeah. that. And it's like, those are, those are really kind of petty, small reasons. And then the minute, <laughs> too, that we, like, obviously when I was pregnant with her, everything started to change in my mind. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I just can't wait to meet her. Like, nothing yeah. else matters. But literally – Everyone says it, and it is the most true thing ever, and you can't explain it until you experience it. When they handed her to us, and when she got there, it was literally like nothing else. Like, I have talked so much about how I'm going to work, I'm going to juggle motherhood and working, and it's going to be great, and we're going to figure it out as we go. And then I, she was handed to me, and I was like, no, no, I'm going to sit on the couch for the rest of my life with her, and we're going to do nothing. <laughs> We're gonna, <laughs> dropping my jobs, um, which is insane because I love them and I'm not dropping them. That would yes. be stupid, but it literally nothing else matters. It's like traveling with her. Okay. Yeah. She's part of the family. Now she comes with us. Like, it's yeah. not like, oh man, I don't really want to travel anymore because now I have a kid. I'm just going to sit here. Like yeah. it, everything shifts a little bit, but we, and we both, Avery wanted to be a dad since he knew what a father was. Yeah. And he dressed up as a stay-at-home dad or a dad one Halloween, I'm pretty sure, as a kid. Like, that's when you know. <laughs> pretty sure he wore, like, hats and a tie and a briefcase. <laughs> like, whatever. And then I'm just the oldest of five. And so I grew up, like, my immediate family was semi-big. But then also I grew up with, like, 18, 17 cousins. Oh, and my so gosh, I just, yeah. I I love that feeling of like all the kids are here, like all your cousins are here. The family is really big, and I I was super pumped for kids, especially with the flexibility of my jobs. They all can happen from home, except yeah. for the occasional photo shoot. Right. Um, but we wanted kids almost immediately after we got married. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that now is we so want sweet. More. I know. <laughs> I know I can't wait to see all of those kids that's so crazy I know I'm like I like I said I'm so obsessed with her she's so sweet so I was gonna ask what is a typical day in the life look for you now that you have to balance work and momhood too oh, okay <laughs> um so we wake up around seven seven-ish she's up and ready to like hang out like wide awake and it's actually really sweet I used to hate mornings especially early mornings but now I love them because it's like a new day it's fresh start and she's always so happy in the mornings she just wants to hang out and smile and talk which is like two-month-old talk so it's like weird shrieks and stuff but <laughs> we wake up at seven we hang out in bed for a little bit feed her and then we pretty much get up for our day work hasn't necessarily started yet. Um, I'm mm -hmm. on maternity leave. I took maternity leave for myself until November 1st. Okay. Yeah. I'm still, we're still running the podcast though. I'm still doing collaborations with companies. So there's still a little bit of work and emails and things like that to like stay on top of. 
and most of the time after we hang out for two or three hours in the morning and I feed her, she'll take a pretty solid nap for a couple hours and that's her biggest nap during the day. So that's when I typically sit down to reply to emails, <laughs> yes. we call for a podcast or I deep clean the house or whatever it is. Yeah. And then the rest of the day, we kind of just run errands and stuff because she doesn't really take super long naps during the day mm -hmm. anymore, which is kind of tough because I used to like knowing, okay, every two hours yeah. she's going to sleep and I'll get to break. But it's also nice because I know that she's learning what daytime is and daytime yeah. we're going places and doing things. So she'll sleep in the car for a little bit if we go to Walmart or she'll fall asleep in the stroller at Walmart. And then we come back and she's pretty much up the whole time. But then she also sleeps again around like five or six and until like 7.30ish which is enough for me to like make dinner, which is yeah. awesome. <laughs> and then we, she's up again and wants to hang out. And we have been watching Lost as a family. Oh, I say yeah. as a family, but Avery and I are watching Lost. <laughs> Carrie has no clue what's going on. Um, <laughs> but Mo's, Mo's there too. <laughs> I know. Mo and Callie yeah. also watch Lost. And then around 9... Nine-ish, ten-ish, we'll head upstairs and go to bed, and she sleeps for about three hours, oh and then gosh. wakes up yeah. for about three hours. Wakes up. Yeah. Wow. So, pretty much our life. It's it for, at first throws you through a loop because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted, and your body yeah. has to like adjust everything. But then after like a couple weeks, you're like, okay, this is my new schedule, and I know when she takes her naps, and I know when I can kind of. You start to figure out when you can plan your day around things. Yeah. And it's very nice because I like to do that and I like to be productive <laughs> and efficient. So. <laughs> no, that sounds like a fun day. Just up all the time, no sleep whatsoever. No, I'm kidding. That sounds like a fun day though. Yeah. Um, especially when you have a little human, human to take care of during the day and just stare out all the time. How can you even be Literally, productive? Right. How are exactly. you productive? I don't even get it. That's so funny. Just when, just when she sleeps. And then sometimes when she sleeps, I'll be like posting something for a collaboration and then I'm on my phone obviously and I just go to my photos and I just start scrolling through photos of yeah. her and videos of her and I'm like she's literally two feet away from me sleeping I need to calm down <laughs> oh no, I swear I say I, I see all of these moms doing that all the time but that's so cute yeah I'm so, so jealous, but I got a little time, little time just waiting. Well, do you have, do you have any fun projects coming up that you want to promo or talk about or anything like that? That is a really good question. Let me think about <laughs> everything real quick. <laughs> I do have a lot of design projects coming up. November 1st, I'm starting a couple. One is this woman is surprising her husband with mm. a podcast cover design. He has his own podcast, but the cover, she was like, the cover's terrible. And it is pretty much just like, they found a background photo on Google Images and put some text yes. on it and like, yes. call it good. Yep. So it could use some work, you know? Yes. So that one's going to be fun. And it's super sweet that she reached out and it is Catholic. So I love that. Aww. And then I have, I really, a lot of my work doesn't amp up until next year because okay, I have yeah. a lot of weddings to travel to next year, which will be interesting. We will yeah. see how that oh, goes. Yeah. We will see if I take baby with me. We will see if Avery comes with, if he stays at home with her. That'll be to be decided. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with COVID. I'm interested to see how that all that's going to play out. Yeah. 
can it please be over by next year? Oh, goodness. <laughs> can it please be over tomorrow? You know, it needs to be yes. out yes. of here. That's okay. crazy. True. Oh my gosh, that is so crazy. And honestly, like I said, I could probably talk to you all the time, but I probably should just start wrapping up <laughs> for the listeners. So where can listeners connect with you and find you on all the things? Okay, so you can find me on Instagram at Megs underscore underscore Wells. And then my Instagram is basically the hub for everything else. Our yes. podcast is linked in the bio. My, our family website and my blogs are linked in the bio. Our Amazon store front page is linked in the bio. My <laughs> photography website's linked in the bio. So find me on Instagram. You'll be good. You'll be set. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. All of those Thank things will be down girl. below. Yes. No, I always want to give everybody a chance to promo what they got going on. And obviously go follow her to see all the pictures of Carrie and that's where I find them too yes. so <laughs> I post way too many so <laughs> no 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 not at all it's a perfect amount okay. <laughs> well thank Very you so good. much for coming on the show I was so happy to have you and we can just laugh and I love how you're still throwing popcorn on the floor for Mo yep. to pick up that's like, hysterical <laughs> yeah I'm just watching you the whole time it keeps them quiet okay <laughs> I love this so much Here's some so- popcorn well anyway thank you so much for coming on i hope you'll come back on soon i'm sure everybody will love this don't forget to subscribe to my podcast and their podcasts as well which will be down in the show notes below go follow on instagram and leave a rating and review for today's episode thank you so much megan um and we will see you guys yes of course we will see you guys next time bye bye